This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Okay, we have a, you know, one person's question is probably another person's question. I do not have a timer, so it would be great if uh, the organizers can time me and uh, let me know if uh, time's up. So one person, one question uh, only. Um, you know, a, a per- one person's question is another person's question, so ask whatever you want to ask. Uh, you know, Alhamdulillah, Sister Yasmin has kindly agreed uh, to answer your deepest, darkest questions that you really want to ask. We don't get her much, uh, uh, we don't get her uh, here in Malaysia often. And we hear you on YouTube, Alhamdulillah. Okay, so, anyone? Uh, the mic, you have to come to the mic, we can't hear you from there. Yes. It's not my effort. It's not my effort. It's Allah's effort. You know, are you done? You have a question? Okay, yeah. right. No problem, you can speak. No, 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 no. Assalamu alaikum, Sister Yasmin. Just to tell you, amazing to have you here. Um, my question to you is um, I don't know, Allah created us extremely weak, and uh, there are times where. We have struggles, we know that God can help us, but we can't always have a boosting session like we had today. I mean, at that particular moment when you have no hope, or you, you just tend to, because we, we tend to forget, that's what insan is. How, what, what is the formula you can use at that particular time, at that particular instance, which will give you the strength you're talking about? Because that's what human beings do. They tend to lose the strength. How can we regain back that strength? How can, at the time of problems, how can we regain back uh, that particular strength you're talking about? Thank you. Bismillah. See, this is what we oftentimes forget. If we want to be close to Allah during our hardships, we need to be close to Allah during our ease. The problem with human beings, like the sister said, we are very forgetful, we are very impatient, and we can easily get distracted. So what we do is when things are easy, when we have the ease, when things are going the way we seem to want, we turn away from the remembrance of Allah or we slacken in it. We don't do as much dhikr. We don't make as much dua. We don't remember Him as much. So what happens as a result is our heart gets farther away from Him. Now the calamity strikes and our heart is far away from Him. This is why we have trouble when it strikes. This is why we don't respond properly right away. It's because when we were in ease, 
we slackened and we got distracted and we moved away from him and we felt like Oh, I'm good, I'm safe. I don't need to make as much dua. I don't need to read as much Quran. I don't need to, you know, uh, my prayers, I'm not really focused as much. That's the problem. But if we were always having that regimen of staying close to Allah, always having that, that, that dose of dhikr, of remembrance, of ilm, of, of, of knowledge, of your worship, then when the calamity strikes, it's much easier. You see? Because our heart is with Allah. Our heart has is already near Him. And when you're near Allah, the calamity is easier to take. Even when it's really, really heavy, if you're near Allah, it's easier to handle. Our problem is we don't stay close to refuge. We leave the refuge as soon as we see the storm leaving. We don't realize that we're always in need of that refuge. Okay? So the key here is focusing on Allah in your ease so that in your hardship it's made easy for you. It's the same, it's the same lesson with our prayers, by the way. A lot of times we feel like, I wish I could focus better in my prayers. I wish I could have more khushua. I wish I could have more humility and focus in my prayers. But what we don't realize is that if we had more focus on Allah outside of our prayers, it would be a lot easier to focus on Him inside of our prayers. Because our heart is the same. You don't all of a sudden transform your heart as soon as you say Allahu Akbar and start praying. You're the same person that you were two minutes before you started praying. You're going to have the same concerns and the same focus. If that focus was Allah all along, then your prayers, it's going to be a lot easier to have khushua. Next question. Alhamdulillah. I'd like to start off by thanking you so much. I mean, I really love you for the sake of Allah. The times I've said I love you for the sake of Allah are like uncountable. We all do. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I had to mention that. May the one for whose sake you love me love you. <laughs> okay. Um, I wanted to ask concerning, I mean, if, look, us, we were once not, I mean, very good Muslims, and then now we are, alhamdulillah. But then for the non-Muslims, I mean, throughout life, I've met people who are so good, but they're not Muslims, but who are so good. And then I'm lucky enough, I wanted to be good, and I have Allah, and Allah hadani. So for the non-Muslims who don't know Allah and want to become a good person, and who are so good, who are even better than the Muslims out there, I mean, how are they judged? Would they end up going to hell? Bismillah. Um, the question of the question of who's going to hell and who's going to heaven is for Allah to to answer, not for me. Uh, what we know is that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala tells us that He does not accept kuf, He does not accept shirk, and we know that we need to, as Allah tells us. وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ 
do not die except in a state of submission to Allah. So that's what our goal is. Is so that we and helping others try to only die in a state of la ilaha illallah. But in terms of who specifically is going to hell and who specifically, only Allah knows. Only Allah can see the hearts anyways. And only Allah knows what that person's state will be at the time of death. Because we are told in a hadith that there may be people who spent their entire life doing the deeds of the people of Jannah until right before they're about to enter it. They're an arm's length away from it. They do the action of the people of Jahannam and so they enter it. And on the other hand, there are people who spent their entire life doing the actions of the people of Jahannam until they are an arm's length away from it. And so they do the actions of the people of Jannah and so they enter it. What are we to learn from this hadith? Two things. Never lose hope. Never lose hope because you never know what will happen. Maybe Allah will guide you, guide that person. And at the same time, never become complacent. Never become so overconfident that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to heaven for sure. Right? Or, yeah, I, my heart is guided. You know, I'm good. Never, ever, ever become like that. Because even the Prophet ﷺ, the dua that he made most often was, Ya muqallib al-qulub, thabbit qulubana ala deenik. O turner of hearts. And the word qalb means that which turns, by its very nature. O turner of that which turns, the heart, keep our hearts firm on your deen. This is Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. How can we feel like we're safe? The hearts turn. And we're told that it can be that someone wakes up in the morning as a believer and by the evening they're a disbeliever. A'udhu Billah. And the other way around can be a disbeliever in the morning and a believer by the night. This is how the heart can turn. The lesson here is never lose hope but also never feel overconfident. And, and always seek Allah humble with humility. The moment you become arrogant, and this is a warning to me first and you, the moment you become arrogant in your religion and think that you're better than others or think that what you have and what you do of your ibadah is because of you is the moment that it gets taken away from you. Is the moment that Allah will humble you in one way or another. So be very careful. Be very careful of self-righteousness. Be very careful of arrogance. Be very careful of looking down on others. Be very careful of saying, Oh, I'd never do what that person did. I'd never be like that. Be very careful of taking credit for your own guidance. Always thank Allah and be humble. And always realize that at any moment, your heart could turn. And we ask Allah, like the Prophet ﷺ, Ya muqallib al-qulub, thabbit qulubana ala deenik. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Uh, my name is Muhammad Ikhwan uh, from International Islamic University, Malaysia. I have a question, and maybe this question is uh, out of context, not a bit, but a lot. Uh, uh, how much out of context? <laughs> you got to hear this first. Okay, one of my uh, non-Muslims, uh, one of my non-Muslim uh, friend, 
maybe she did tawbah, oh yes, till she's a bad person and so on. Now what is your advice or your steps or your tips for us to take away our arrogance from us? Thank you. You know, like I said before, and I'll, I'll reiterate this, every single thing that you have, every act of worship that you did, every good deed is not a gift from you to Allah. It is a gift from Allah to you. Allah is gifting you by allowing you to stand up and pray. If you for one moment think that you're doing Allah any favors by praying, then you have a serious problem. Allah is doing you the favor by allowing you to pray. And it isn't because you're better than anyone else. It is because Allah is so merciful. And Allah loves to give gifts. And so He gives us gifts. Not because I deserve it, not because I'm better. And if I think that it is because I deserve it and I am better, it will be taken away from me in some form. We're told in a hadith that when you ridicule another believer or your brother or sister of something, you will end up falling in the same thing. You have to be very careful of looking down on others. Not only because it's an expression of a disease in you, but because it will come back to you and you will be humbled. You know this and you probably have experienced or observed this, that any time a person was arrogant about something or looking down on someone for something that they did or didn't do, time you know, it comes back. And that person ends up falling as well. This is the sunnah of Allah, to show us that it was never because of me, it was because of Allah. And the moment Allah takes away His gifts, I collapse. If Allah leaves us to ourselves for the blink of an eye, we collapse. The Prophet ﷺ used to say, "Ya Hayu, Ya Qayyum, bi rahmatika astaghif, fala takilni ila nafsi tarfatain." He used to say, "Do not leave me to myself for the blink of an eye." And he is Rasulullah ﷺ. Be very careful about relying on your own righteousness, your own deeds, your own efforts. Never ever think it's because you are something and other people are lesser. By no means. It is a gift and you should every day thank Allah for it. Many times a day, thank Allah for it. Be grateful. Because Allah says, وَلَئِنْ شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ When you are thankful and grateful, He will increase you. But when, وَإِنْ كَفَرْتُمْ فَإِنَّ عَذَابِ لَشَدِيدٌ But if you are ungrateful, then His punishment is very severe. The result of ingratitude is that Allah takes away the blessing. Assalamu alaikum. My question is about tawakkul. I have a bit, I have lots of confusion on this. Um, basically, Allah's, how Allah gives help is in various ways that we could, sometimes we could never imagine. But then how do, do we refuse help from everyone because we just want help from Allah? But what if the help from the people is actually the help from Allah? 
Thank you for answering that. Trying to answer that. <clears throat> to clarify, to clarify, I said that we do not reject the means. Remember, I said that we do not stop acting and putting in effort. Remember, but the problem is when our dependence is on the means. Do you see the difference? You might take medicine and go to the doctor. But you know that it isn't the medicine or the doctor that cures you. Do you see the difference? Yes, I have a headache. I take medicine. But the medicine itself is not what cures me. The medicine is a tool. Allah is a chef, a shafi. Allah is the one who cures, a shafi. He is the one who cures me. When I want provision. Does it mean because I know Allah is a razzaq, Allah is the provider? Does it mean I don't work or I don't look for a job? No, you work, you look for a job, but you know that your provision doesn't come from your job. Your provision doesn't come from your boss. Your provision comes from Allah, and your job and your boss are just tools. They're just means. We use the means, but we don't depend on the means. Do you understand the difference? We use the means, we use the tools, but we don't depend on the tools. So yes, you can ha- seek the help of a doctor, seek the help of a friend, seek the help of the people, a counselor, but you realize where the source of help comes from. Assalamualaikum, Sister Yasmin. Jazakallah for being here. Now, sometimes when I think about repenting, or when I think about Allah, it makes me sad, and I cry, for example. And I've got comments from friends who are also Muslim or non-Muslim who see me crying, and they feel that I'm always sad, for example. And what makes them they, their impression is that this relationship with Allah is always making me upset. How do I convince themselves fully? And, uh, oh, as, and as a result of that, they sometimes postpone um, reclaiming their heart because they want to feel happy for the moment. So how do I com- um, convince others that now reclaiming, no, um, others as well as myself, but now by reclaiming my heart, I can attain the greatest happiness? You said it. You said it. Here's the thing. We think that we see with our eyes, right? We don't see with our eyes. We see with our heart. And so the heart is the actual lens of how we understand the world. Just like any lens, if it's dirty, you're not going to be able to see things properly. If it's warped, you're not going to be able to see things as they really are. If someone hasn't worked on reclaiming their heart and giving it to Allah and working on purifying the lens, they are going to see black as white and white as black because the problems with the lens. That person who has not cleaned the lens is going to see a person who cries to Allah as being depressed. The person who cries to Allah as being sad. And does not realize that it is in those tears to Allah is the greatest happiness. That's the real happiness. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was called al-Bakka. 
He was called al-baka, the one who cries a lot. It's an exaggerated form of the word. The one who cries a lot. Umar had marks on his face from how much he cried. Moreover, one of those who are given the shade of Allah on the day when there's no shade but Allah is the one who cries to Allah in seclusion. How can we possibly say that there isn't the greatest happiness and the greatest honor in crying to Allah? This is the legacy of our prophets, peace be upon them. We have a problem if we think that that's sadness. You know what sadness is? Sadness is when your heart is so hardened that you can't even cry. That's sadness. You want to know sadness? That's sadness. And you think that happiness is in eating a good meal. You think that happiness is in getting some fancy new clothes. Or that happiness is in driving a certain car. That is sadness. Because that's not the happiness of a human being with a heart. That's the happiness of an animal who eats and drinks and reproduces and that's the happiness of an animal. The happiness of a human being is the higher happiness. And that's the happiness that comes from giving your heart, reclaiming your heart, and giving it to Allah. The, the heart that is, that is farthest away from Allah is the heart that is hardened. And when the heart becomes hardened, as Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah writes, then the tears, then the eyes become dry. When the heart becomes hard like a rock, the eyes become dry. That's what we should fear. That's the real sadness and death that we should fear. Because the heart is dead. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikumsalam. Okay, um, I read your blog, Sister Yasmin, and I've read on this, why do people have to leave each other topic? And that brings me to this question. Okay, as, as time goes by and things happen, such as our parents' age, or something happens to our spouse, so um, I would like to find out on uh, how do we handle a, a situation like there's a sickness in a family member or loved ones, and uh, you talk about false attachments. How do we detach ourselves from such bonds, bondings and yet uh, remain uh, remain being filial as a filial wife or a daughter. <clears throat> yeah, that, that's my question. Thank you. Bismillah. A lot of times people, a lot of times people confuse attachment, false attachment, and love. They're not the same thing. In fact, they're completely different. True love is never based on false attachment. Because false attachment is actually about dependence and fear. It's about fear of loss. It's about the fact that I am dependent on you. And so when you are attached to something in that way, you become needy. And in fact, that type of attachment is selfish. You know why? Because it is not about what I am giving to you. It is about what I am desperately in need of you to give to me. 
When someone is too dependent on the creation, it's like someone who's starving. The person who's starving isn't giving away food. The person who's starving is begging for food and constantly wants to take. Do you understand the problem? That it's about taking. Attachments are about taking. Love for the sake of Allah, true love not based on attachments and false dependencies is about giving. Because you know what? You're already full inside. What fills you inside is your relationship with Allah. The one who is filled by Allah can keep giving and giving and giving even if they're not getting anything back from the creation. Why? Because they're getting back from Allah. That's the real love. That's the healthy love. That's the unselfish love. So we have to really redefine. Because sometimes people think, oh, detachment means that you're going to be cold-hearted. No. It means that now you are the most generous person with your love. Because you're not giving like a beggar anymore. You're not a beggar anymore. So who's always trying to take. But instead, you become rich inside. Rich. Rich inside because you're filled by Allah. The one who's filled and sufficed by Allah is the most rich person. And what do rich people do? They can give and give and give. Except here the source is unending. Allah is the source and Allah never runs out. So you're always rich inside. You're always full. If the source is something else, that's why you get empty. That's why you burn out. That's why you can't... You say, I can't give anymore. I just can't give anymore. Because what's your source of fill? Your source of fill is the creation, so it runs out. True, true, you know, the best of wives, the best of husbands, the best of sons, the best of daughters, the best of parents, are those who are not dependent on their family, but are dependent on Allah. And then when they love their family, it isn't that selfish love anymore. It isn't about taking, it's about giving. Because they're rich. And they're already filled, they're not starving. It goes back to the idea of the needy friends, remember? You have the needy friends, the needy, you know, family member or whatever, and then you have those who are just, you know, you, you have that relationship and it's just kind of like, really for the sake of Allah. And there's none of that, oh, you didn't call me and I'm mad at you and you did this. and you, It's like constant drama, right? Do you, do you notice that those are the unhealthy relationships? The ones that are based on dependence and neediness and attachment. Those are the ones that are not healthy and they're like very full of drama. Whereas the other relationships where it's not like that, those are the stable ones, am I right? And those are the healthy ones. This is how we should love. In, your, in the situation where there's a hardship and you're asking how to deal with it, turn to Allah. Make dua, increase in your remembrance, increase in your supplication, and ask Allah to take care of you and your family. And you'll be able to feel peace. The more that you turn your heart to Allah, the more peace you will have inside.
Alhamdulillah. See many people leaving. It's a bit late now. Let me see how many more people I can allow to give to ask questions. It's about it's almost eleven. One more? Yeah. Okay. So just you're the lucky last one. Thank you. Okay, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. My name is Anor. I am the assistant student from University of Malaya. Well, as a student, there are going to be a lot of examination that I, I need to sit for. Well, every time I, I step into the examination hall, I will pray that Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. And after I finish my examination, I will step up from the examination hall and say Alhamdulillah. But let's say that it's only about 80% from the questions that I can answer in a very well manner. But how, and there is another 20% that is going to be not so well that I can answer it. But, um, well, this, this 20% really make me feel that after the examination that I feel, oh my god, why well, I'm already done. And on that time, how can I make myself Think that that I know talk to Allah, you have done it. How can I am feel that I am uh, dependent to Allah? Thank you. So I think what she's asking about is what happens essentially when you put in a lot of effort and you say I'm depending on Allah, but then the result is not exactly as you want, and that happens a lot in different forms. True dependence on Allah means that after you have done your part. And at the same time, put your trust in Allah. And at the same time, put your trust in Allah. You accept whatever the result is as being what is best for you. This is key. It isn't just that it happened and you have to accept it. No, accept that it is actually best for you. Because whatever Allah chooses is best for you. Aqulli qawli hadha wa astaghfir Allah li wa lakum inna hu ghafoonun rahim. Subhanakallahu bihamdak nashhadu an la ilaha illa ant nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. اقرأ كتاب الله ترقى جنانه وتنى العظيم الأجر والغفران